me in Matthew chapter 6, beginning with verse 23. But if your eyes are humble, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light within you is darkness, how great is that darkness? No one could serve two masters. Either you hate the one and love the other, or you will be devoted to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Amen. Let's bow our heads in a word of prayer. Dear Lord, let's pray that you'll bless this scripture this morning. Help us, dear Lord, to be able to learn to strive forward in your image. To work, dear Lord, in this church and outside of the walls of this church in doing our very best to do your will. In your holy and sweetest name we pray. Amen. may be seated. Now a lot of folks may ask, well, why does Sheila read the scripture for Paul? Well, uh, when I was down in the hospital for those four months, believe it or not, a heart transplant can mess with your eyes. I could not see uh, for almost four months, couldn't read hardly anything, and Sheila would read everything to me, so I think she does a great job reading that scripture, amen? But over there in Matthew, we learn about, but if your eyes are unhealthy, your whole body will be full of darkness, full of darkness. I believe today we can agree we have a whole lot of darkness in this world that we live in, amen? A whole lot of things in this world that we don't understand, but a lot of folks look at that darkness and think that is a success, that we are able to have all of these things going on in the world today and all these things that are happening in the world today and all of these things that seemingly we live in a world today where we just say, let everything go, right? Everything's okay. Just let it be. If it's not affecting me or maybe my family, it's okay. Just let it be. Well, I want to tell you something. If it's against God's will, then it should be against us as well. Amen? We should be following not in the darkness of success, but in the light of success. And allowing Christ to be the one that shows us how we need to live our lives. We live in a society today where so many outside things are starting to creep into our families, aren't they? So many things that are against the Word of God is starting to creep into our homes and into our families. Y'all remember the days, I remember when I was growing up, we didn't even lock the doors. Y'all remember that? I remember when Dad and Mom put their first lock on the door. You know what our biggest problem was? Keeping up with the key. Nobody knew where it was. And we'd lock ourselves out on numerous occasions. And after a while, Mom and Dad went away from the one lock on the door to what? Got the dead boats on there as well to make sure that you're safe. At our house... To go outside real fast, and I've had to do that in the middle of the night on calls and different things. You've got to unlock the door, unlock the deadbolt, and then you got what? Take the chain off as well, right? Time you get out the door, you're already worn out from all the things you got to do. Why is that? Well, preacher, we're trying to keep the bad what? Out of our house. We don't want anybody breaking into our house. We don't want the darkness of the world to come into our families. Well, folks, sometimes we're locking in the darkness of the world, aren't we? It's already there. It's all around about us. And we see those things. And God's Word says we need to be able to judge what needs to be a part of our lives and how that we can be 
a successful Christian. And sometimes one of the things that we have to realize in our relationship with God, being a successful Christian does not always go with what the world looks like as being a success, right? Sometimes as Christians, we have to take a stand for what? For what is right. As Christians, we have to take a stand for what is right and say to ourselves, just because the world says it's okay, doesn't mean it's okay. We have to pray and we have to ask God if it's okay with Him. And to have that success in our lives. There's not a single person here this morning, and somebody may say, well, preacher, I I don't agree with that statement. But I, I truly believe that each and every one of us really want to be a success in life. Amen? We just do. That's our drive as being successful in our lives. I remember when I first started out as being a little bitty social worker a long time ago, almost 27 years ago now. I remember thinking to myself, well, maybe someday I could move up, just not as a social worker. Maybe I could be a social worker too. And maybe I can move up to being a clinician. And maybe I can move up to being a supervisor and those type of things. Then I will feel like that I am successful. Let me tell you, I've been through all of those steps. And I really don't feel any more successful now than I did way back then. Because when we are being judged by the world, that judgment of the world seems to change, doesn't it? It doesn't matter where you've come from to where you are. It's where... The world wants you to be. And I have found myself many, many times being on the outside looking in, haven't you? And a lot of folks are just allowing certain darkness to just to be okay. Because that's how you have to be to be successful in the world. Well, today as Bethlehem Church, I believe that we need to strive for to be successful in the eyes of God. Amen? successful in what God wants us to be, successful of how we need to live our lives, successful in, in our, our uh, Sunday school lesson this morning, if you'd been here and all of you that were, we talked about your calling, right? Being successful in what God wants you to be, being successful in how God wants to live your life. But how do we do that? How do we become successful? How do we look at ourselves and say, God is pleased with me. I want to tell you something, and I know she's going to amen me back there. I I want Sheila Mills to be believe I'm a success, don't I, honey? I want you to be pleased with me. But you know what? I want God to be more pleased with me than, than my wife, right? Than my family, than my children and people around about me. I want to be successful in the eyes of God. But how do I do that? First of all, I believe... We have to look at our own selves. We have to look at our own self in the mirror. Over in Galatians 6, 3-4 through 4, it says, If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing, he deceives himself. Each one should test his own actions. Then he could take pride in himself without comparing himself to somebody else. If anyone thinks he is something when he is nothing it is easy to look at somebody else and say they're not doing what god wants them to do they're not living the life that god wants them to live they're not training their children in a way that god wants them to 
train their children. They're not being the husband or the wife that they should be. It's easy to do that, isn't it? And it's easy to give other people advice on how they need to live their life and how that God would want them to look at, uh, live their lives. Sometimes it's very hard to look at yourself, though, isn't it? Sometimes it just is. Sometimes it's difficult for you to say, I am not going to deceive myself. I am going to look at myself and see what exactly God sees. When I was in the hospital for that extended period of time, there was something I didn't do much of. You all want to know what that was? I didn't get up and look at myself in the mirror very much. This didn't. You know why? Couldn't stand long enough to do it, could I, honey? Couldn't get to the bathroom, couldn't do all those type of things. And I'd been there for almost three months without seeing myself, without even knowing what I looked like. And one day the nurse told me, she said, we're going to take you into the bathroom and you're going to brush your teeth. You all think, brush your teeth. Let me tell you what, brushing your, your teeth sometimes can be a success. You all realize that? Just being able to stand long enough to have enough strength to brush your teeth. Well, while I was brushing my teeth, guess what I did? I looked up and looked at myself in the mirror. And I almost scared myself to death. Because Sheila had let me grow out a beard, which I didn't think would ever happen in, in this lifetime. My head was still a little bald that it was, but I had lost about 110 pounds. And I looked at myself and I went, who in the world is that? Folks, sometimes you ask that same question, don't you? You've lived your life all of these years. You've done all of these things. You've accomplished these things. You brought your children into the world, your grandchildren and all of these folks and your family and all these wonderful things. But so often... The world just crams all of this darkness and all of this anger and all this animosity and all of these things into your life. And I promise you, there's going to be periods in your life when you look at yourself and you don't know who you are. You don't know what exactly is going on in your life. You don't understand what has happened to you. As Christians, we have to look at ourselves and say, am I doing everything that I can to please God? Am I doing everything that I can in my life to be the Christian that God wants me to be? You see, I, I believe, and I hope I get some amens on this, I believe it's very, very important to be saved. Amen? Amen. And we're going to experience this today. I believe that it's very, very important to be baptized. Amen? I believe it's very, very important to have a home church. Amen? Amen. But you know what? There's more to being a Christian than just those three things, aren't they? What does it look like in your life? How does successful Christianity look in your life? Are you not only saved and baptized and a member or a person that attends a church? Is that not only you, but what else do you see? Do you see you being a Christian every day? Do you see you praying every day and reading your Bibles every day? Do you see yourself as being a good role model for your children and for your grandkids and for your neighbors and people around about you? Do you see that when you look at yourself? Or do you just see a person that does everything they can to please the world 
but does not take time to please and work on being successful like God wants you to be. So not only do you have to look at yourself. Here's a big one. And this was hard. Very hard. And some people, once again, is going to say, no, preacher, it's not hard for me. But you have to be willing to look past what other people think of you. Y'all got that? To be a success, be a success in the eyes of God, you have to be willing to look past what other people think of you. We live in a society where, you know, it used to be when I was growing up, now this has been a long time ago. Some of you remember it, a whole bunch of you don't. But let me tell you, if you had a problem with somebody, how would you handle it when I was growing up? You want to know how we did it? You had to go talk to them. You had to do it face to face. And I took some pretty good whippings over some of the things that I've said. But you'd have to gawk up to somebody and you'd say, this is what I want to share with you. This is what I think. This is what I want you to know. And if you had a disagreement with somebody, you disagreed what? Face to face. Wasn't no other way. Or I guess you could write them a letter. But that'd take too long, right? You'd be over it by then. But now we live in a society where people can just sit behind a screen, can't they? Type whatever they want. Send it to whoever they want. When Sheila and I first started coaching softball over in Metcalf County, but that's been a long time ago, and I was coaching softball and, and football. I don't think Facebook was around then. We had topics. Y'all remember topics? Y'all remember that? And I would, after every ever softball game, I would go home and I'd read what was on there. And I figured out who was writing it. Y'all know who was writing it? It was the parents that didn't think that their kids got enough playing time. I knew exactly who they were. But I would read that, and it didn't matter if we won by 10 runs or lost by 10 runs. When I would get off there reading that, I'd, I'd be in a not-too-good a mood. And Sheila said the wonderful advice of Sheila Mills. She told me, she said, just quit reading it. If you don't know it, it can't hurt you. Y'all realize that? If you don't know it. But we spend a lot of time trying to figure it out, don't we? We Some people say, preacher, you got Facebook? No, no. Don't have one of those. Why don't you have a Facebook? Well, let me tell you. I really don't want to know what people think of me. <laughs> Especially in the other line of work that I have. Folks, people are going to say what they want to say. And they're going to act in ways that they want to act. Don't worry about that. You need to be striving for, as Paul says over in 1 Corinthians 4.1, this then is how you ought to regard yourself. As servants of Christ, of those entrusted with the mysteries of God has revealed. What's that say to you? What's that say to me? We are entrusted by God to do His work. We're not entrusted by anybody else. And people can say what they want to say and act how they want to act. And it's going to hurt. It's easy for me to sit up here and say, don't worry about it. Don't let that bother you. You just let it be and everything will be alright. It's hard. It's hard for me. And Let me tell you somebody else it's hard for. You don't want to know? It's your kids. People can say some terrible, terrible things. 
But as moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas, let them know there may be some people that don't like you and they may say bad things about you, but honey, I want you to know something. No matter what, I still love you. And you have a God that loves you. And you move past those things in your life and you can be successful, but don't worry about what others think. And finally, here's a big one for you at last point. Find out what God expects of you. Find out what God expects of you. Do you know what that is? Have you, have you really thought to yourself, God, I, I want to be successful. Okay, that, that's, that's a great statement to have. God, God, I really want to be your child. Well, that's wonderful. God, I really want you to be in my heart and my life. Well, that's great. But what does God want you to do? How does God want you to be? How do you need to live your life every day? Folks, I believe today that that God not only wants you to be a Christian when we're here at Bethlehem Church for a short period of time or when we go over for our baptism today, but God wants you to be a Christian all day on Sunday, right? All day. that's, That's pretty simple, isn't it? But God not only wants you to be a Christian all day Sunday, to be successful in the eyes of God, you need to be a Christian when? Every day. My mama always told me when I was growing up, son, if you're ashamed of somebody finding that out, then don't do it. Y'all get that statement? If you're ashamed of somebody finding out what you're doing, don't do it. Well, to be successful in the eyes of God... Let me tell you something. You can try to hide things from your spouse or your kids or, or people around about you, but you will never hide anything from God. You realize that? And to be successful, you have to say to God, God, what do you want me to be? Not what I want to be. Not what I want to be in my life. I had a preacher's friend one time when I was been preaching about 10 or 11 years. He says, why don't you go back to seminary? Why don't you finish that up? Why don't you do this? Why don't you do the other thing? And I said, you know, when God tells me to go back, I'll go back. He just ain't told me yet. I guess he still ain't told me yet. What is God telling you? What does God want you to be? What does God want to look at your life and say, you are being a success? Today, folks, the... Old darkness of this world is going to try to creep in around about you. And you think it's bad now? Can you just think for a moment with me how the world has changed in the last five years? What it's, what's it going to look like in another five years? Let's back it up a little bit more. What's it going to look like in a year? You could have told me five years ago that we would have COVID-19 and everybody would be locked up in their house and I would be preaching to me and Sheila and all of these type of things and nobody would leave their house and workers were working from their house instead of going to the office. You couldn't have told me that five years ago. You know what I would have said? No, no, no. A year ago, if I said, Bethlehem Church, this time next year gas is going to be $5 a gallon. You would have looked at me and said, Preacher, what's wrong with you? No way that that's going to be. 
The world is going to continue to change every day. Something that will never change is God. And something that we have to be willing to do as a Christian is say, God, no matter what the world does, how they behave, how they act, what they do, what they say, how they live their lives, no matter how that is, I'm going to pray for them. Christ, I want to do my very best to be a success in being a Christian for you. Today, folks, I want you to know that Christ is calling you to be saved today. It be a wonderful day. Wonderful day for you to allow Him to come into your heart and your life. And you guarantee, I guarantee you this, this will be a very successful day for you. Because not only are you changing what today looks like, you're changing what eternity looks like. And you're making that decision to live for Christ. Maybe today you've, you've been saved. Maybe today you've said you've made that sinner's prayer and you've turned your heart and life over to Christ. Maybe today is the day that you say, Preacher, I want to be baptized. Preacher, I want to be willing to make that next step. That would be also a very successful day for you as well. Whatever Christ is telling you, you need to be successful. We invite you to come. We have a closing song.